I actually haven't really told many people about this or I've told them a different version, but this is the whole truth. Hello everyone, welcome back to Working Title. I'm your host Margot, and today we're gonna do a little cheeky Q&A, which I'm so excited for. I'm surprised I've never done a Q&A format on the pod and something tells me I'm going to really enjoy it. I know that I'm gonna do another Q&A next month with Zantori, my boyfriend, because we get so many questions about, Q- about Q&A, about doing long distance. And next month, June 1st, is gonna mark one year of doing long distance where I'm in New York and he is in England. And so we're gonna talk all about what the past year has been like, our tips and tricks if you're in a long distance relationship or you're going into one or there's somebody that you like but you're like oh he lives in a different country am I going to do this so we're going to talk all about that and that's going to be fun and then I think we'll do a little Q&A at the end of the episode just so we don't miss anything that you guys are curious about but anyways enough about my boyfriend let's talk about me this episode is going to be answering all of your questions about no particular order launching a business what startup life has been like since i launched my journaling business no particular order this is a follow-up episode from the previous episode called what is it called I think it's called How I Built This, No Particular Order. So definitely recommend that you listen to that episode before you listen to this if you haven't already because um, I'm going to be skimming over some things that I already talked about in that. Also for this, I'm just not even going to try to make this go in order because I'm just going to look at the questions as I see them through Spotify and on my Instagram story. So yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm going to start with a question that I did receive a ton for this episode, but I've also just gotten like a ton of messages every day since basically I launched the business. And that is when are we going to start shipping internationally? Short answer is I'm not sure yet. Hopefully within the year. Um, longer answer is there's a lot of different variables with this. I want to make sure it's a meaningful launch so I can actually potentially go visit these places. So if we're launching in the EU, I can go somewhere there and do like a little launch event. If we're launching in Canada, do the same there, UK, etc. I think also having retail partners in those countries or regions would be really special. It's also just more expensive. I don't want to charge an arm and a leg for shipping. And if I did open it up to international, I would have to do that. So I'm just taking it slow for now, focusing on the states and making sure that the rollout in the states is going smoothly. Everyone's getting their products. The products are in perfect condition. And then once I have the bandwidth and enough inventory, basically, to start launching in different countries, I will. 
I do think I'm going to launch in Canada first, and I'm really hoping I can do that in the summertime, and I'd love to make like a little weekend trip out of it and do a mini launch event and meet all of my Canadian friends, but Canada first just because that's like the most requests that I get outside of the US is from Canada. Okay, now that we got that out of the way. Okay, I love this question. This is from Olivia on Spotify. How in depth and quote to the book did you go with your business planning? Proof of concept, business model canvases, customer acquisition, etc. I love this question because it made me realize that I just didn't do any of that. I should say that in this episode, I am not giving any advice. I didn't go to business school. I was not a business major. I, j- I do feel like I have to disclose that if you're going to take anything I say, I would maybe check it with people who know more of what they're talking about. So I'll just start answering this question with that. Yeah, I just never even thought about doing a business plan. I think maybe because it all just happened really organically, like I didn't at the beginning set out and say, okay, I want to build a business. What are ideas that I have that I can now work backwards and try to like find a business to build? I think it was more this idea that organically grew into something that I was able to sell. And because of that and because I didn't have to fundraise through anyone else and kind of like prove this concept to anyone else other than myself, and decide to invest my own money in this, and which was a big decision. It was a lot of money to do the first production run, but I'd never invested in myself in that, you know, big of a way. I hadn't spent my money on really anything, you know, the most expensive thing I'm spending my money on is just my rent reoccurring every month living in New York. But I don't know, I think just because it all happened organically and slowly, I didn't feel the need to do a business plan. The visual that comes to mind when I'm talking about this is a pyramid and an upside down pyramid. I think the way that I built No Particular Order was a pyramid where the proof of concept was the biggest part on the bottom. I had a lot of experience writing prompts. I had a lot of experience interacting with people that were using these prompts, building them out, creating a series. And then slowly but surely, I started making my way up the pyramid. And then the tip is kind of like, okay, this is the product that was produced. I think the inverse of that would have been starting at the tip and saying, okay, I want to start a business. What are opportunities that are out there that I can build a business around? Looking for a ton of things and then building it out from there and finding an audience from there. But I think because I started with that kind of like a mass of information and knowledge around this topic and this business I didn't feel the need to have to do that as for the proof of concept I would say that the TikTok series that I did between the quarantine journal and the pen to paper those both blew up I could tell that there was a huge market for people that were interested in journal prompts so again it kind of went from there speaking of money I'm going to answer this next question from Chloe on Spotify Hi, dearest Margot. Hello. What tips or insight do you have on saving money for starting a business and or how do you think people would have approached it if you didn't have multiple streams of income? This was something that I was considering at the beginning and I touched on on the last episode. I know that it would have taken way, way longer to build this business if I didn't already have money saved up that I could use to build this. 
I, I guess I look at it in, in two ways. One is that you can go the fundraising route because I haven't done that myself. I don't want to speak to that because I don't really know what the full process is. I know it can take different lengths of time. But then, of course, you're giving up a part of your business from the get-go, which if you can avoid doing that, um, I that's kind of always my school of thought. But the other option is just starting off pretty scrappy and making products, saving the profit from those things, and then over time being able to use that profit to create kind of a bigger product or go to an actual manufacturer. So an example of this would be if I didn't want to tap into my own savings, then I could have done these personalized journals from the start where I was just buying like blank journals and I would just write in prompts for people and I would sell it to people maybe at slightly higher price because they were completely bespoke and personalized. Another way of making money would be doing events. So if I wanted to throw journaling workshops and charge people to attend those and kind of format those in different ways, maybe go to different cities or find different communities, that would benefit from something like that. I think it's important to kind of stay in the realm of the end goal. So if I was doing this, I would look at the different ways in the world of journaling that I would be able to make money and then save that to then later produce the product that I have now. I think also looking at online platforms like Etsy or Redbubble or uh, Society6 are great because you're able to reach an audience that doesn't depend on your own audience. So if people are searching for certain designs or specific types of artwork or, you know, on Fiverr or whatever, like you don't need your own audience to reach new people through those. The downside of that is that they're going to take a cut of that. And I'm not familiar with selling on these different platforms, so I'm not sure which platform is the most lucrative and which ones to stay away from because they just take so much of a cut. You know, something that I always think about that reminds me of this question is, do you remember those videos on YouTube where it was like, I traded a paperclip and I ended up with a Ferrari and it's this person just going to hundreds of people and just trading up ever so slightly. That's kind of the idea. Sell what you have access to and what you can afford. Keep the profit in like its own little piggy bank. And then when you have the means, go bigger. Megan on Spotify asked, What's been your favorite area of the business so far? Product, marketing, sales, budgeting, etc. Have you been surprised by what's interested you versus challenged you? I think the most satisfying part of the business for me has been proving that I can do it and just running into different obstacles and challenges and either working with people to figure out how to maneuver around that or teaching myself how to go about that. There are certain things that have taken way longer, like my least favorite thing that I've had to work on was finding a fulfillment partner. There are just so many moving parts and it's so confusing. So my dad was really helpful in helping me set up a spreadsheet so that I can import all of my data, compare different companies, but that took like months to figure out. So that was probably my least favorite part, but by the end of it, it was so satisfying to check that box off and finish with a partner that I was really excited to work with. Other than that, I think my favorite part has been just knowing that people have the product. It's just like the most 
mind-blowing thing. And every time I see people who tag me in stories or people who share their favorite prompts with me or show me how they're designing the covers, like I pinch myself every time because it's just crazy that something I've created has made its way all around the United States and people get to enjoy it. Oh my God. Also, I never shared the story because I didn't want to post the picture because I forgot to ask her for permission to do this. So it's just on my camera roll. But I was leaving England in March and I was at Heathrow and at the beginning of security at Heathrow you have to put all of your liquids into this plastic bag so I was like taking my liquids out it's always the worst part I always forget to do this before I leave the house so anyways I put my bag down I'm doing this and then this girl came over and she was like hi are you Margot we started talking and she was like I have no particular order in my bag And I was like, oh my God, what? And she pulled the journal out of her backpack. She was also just visiting her boyfriend in England. We were both headed back home stateside, but she had it with her in England. And that still to this day is the only time that I've run into somebody who had the journal on them. So it was crazy that I was in a different country and that happened. Yeah, I think just everyone getting their journals has been just so satisfying. And just like getting to talk to people Even doing the order like fulfillment emails if there's any issues or anything. I just have so much fun with it. Like I feel like I'm a five-year-old cosplaying as a business lady and I love it. Okay, Claire on Spotify asked, what parts of the entire process, if any, would you change slash would you change for the following drops? This is something that I'm trying to teach myself right now and it's so confusing. If anyone out there has like an easy way to learn about this or a program or a YouTube video or crash course or anything, please let me know. I'm trying to teach myself inventory management, which is basically I have a set amount of journals that are in my warehouse right now. And obviously every day as people are ordering the journals, the stock is slowly being depleted. So at some point I'm going to need to reorder the journals to replenish that. The question is, A, how do I know when to do that? And B, how do I know how many journals to order? Going back to this question, the thing that I would change is that we were out of stock for four months. I really don't want that to happen again. In a perfect world, we never go out of stock. And whenever people want the journals, they're able to get them. I know that for the first drop, that was just impossible because I had no idea. I honestly ordered way more than I thought we're going to sell. So I'm just grateful (laughs) that they sold in the first place. But going forward, it's definitely something I want to avoid, which is why I'm trying to understand inventory management. Because not only is there the timing just to make sure that you always have journals in, but the reason that you don't want to overbuy is A, you don't want to be stuck with too much stock. And B, I'm paying for storage space at my warehouse. So if you're buying too many journals and they're just sitting there then you're paying a lot for storage that you might not necessarily need to do if you just waited for longer to order but they take four months from start to finish for ordering the materials for the book printing them getting them wrapped and shipping so it's so confusing (laughs) I literally this past week I'm like okay maybe I do need to go to business school because I don't even know where to start. I've watched so many little YouTube videos that have honestly not been helpful. So any of my business friends out there, please help me. Now I'm on Instagram and I'm just going to go through these questions. I'm going to try to go a little bit faster because there's a lot of really great questions here. 
Okay, Caitlin asked the best website platform to make or design a website for beginners wanting to start a brand. I decided to start the brand on Squarespace because in my experience, Squarespace was really great for building a really beautiful website that was functional. There were a lot of things that I wanted to customize and change, but they made it really easy to do so. So if you are looking for a platform to kind of just like share what you're working on as a portfolio or write blogs or share your content there, I would definitely recommend Squarespace. That being said, when I started to reach out to fulfillment centers I started talking to people who do international shipping just so I can like be prepared for that when it comes started needing specific plugins for the website everything pointed to Shopify as an e-commerce platform and I decided to make the switch because I didn't want to wait too long on on Squarespace and then switch to Shopify and then like lose everything. God forbid I wasn't able to transfer the files or something got messed up or lost. So I decided to just rip the bandaid off and just do it as early in the business as I thought I was going to need to. I think Shopify is a bit harder to customize to make it exactly what you want. It really depends on what your needs are. If you are really focused on e-commerce, I say Shopify. But if you want something a little bit lighter, more aesthetic forward, then I would recommend Squarespace. Okay. I've always wondered if I was going to tell this story, but I think I'm going to. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The next question is from Megan on Instagram. I'm really curious, did you launch Nopo while working another job at the same time? The entire time that I was building the business, I had a full-time job, which I think was honestly essential when you're building a business, if it's anything like this, because there was so much downtime when I was waiting on the designers, on the league, on the production. Like, yes, there were certain things that I could do to fill the time, but I couldn't even like create content because I didn't even have the books yet. It was really nice that I did have somewhere to work, but something crazy happened. I actually haven't really told many people about this or I've told them a different version, but this is the whole truth because I do think it's a crazy story and I want to be truthful with you guys. I launched no particular order at 11 a.m. on December 1. At 2 p.m., I got a text from my boss that she wanted to set up a call. And at 5 p.m., I was told that the entire company would be paused for a couple months and everyone who was working 
would not be working there anymore for the time being. (laughs) So I was essentially laid off the day that I launched the journal. So it was a very emotional day as you can imagine I really loved working where I worked but it also felt like this crazy sign that this is something that I have the opportunity to focus on and put my full effort into especially now that there was product there was people that knew about the business and there's like a gajillion ways that I want to grow the business and take it to all these different places so I did have a job when I was building it But since I've launched it to the day, um, this has kind of been my full-time focus. I do have other freelance clients um, and different other like side hustles that I do, but um, (laughs) there you go. That's the tea. Oh, okay. I love this question. And I meant to talk about this on the last episode and I just forgot, but Nikki asked, how did you actually make the journal like digitally or pen on paper? So... If you guys have been following me for a while, you know that I kind of made like a whole thing about should I buy an iPad or not. That was like the initial hint that I was starting to work on something, even though I didn't want anyone to like know. But that's when I started dropping breadcrumbs on Instagram that there was something else that I was working on. So I want to say I bought that iPad in June 2021 which was actually amazing timing because I went on a road trip for two weeks after and I remember writing a lot of the prompts when I was on that trip. I had an Apple pen, by the way, or Apple pencil also. That was helpful. But basically how I did it was I got Procreate, the app, and I started, I tried to make it really aesthetic when I started because I thought that those were going to be the exact files that I basically used for the book I was spending so much time on the design and I ended up hating all of the like prettier pages when I could have been using that time to just write out more prompts and be more creative in the way that I knew how to be so I decided to scrap trying to make the pages look pretty and aesthetic on procreate and I would I created a file in procreate where it was just all journal prompts And I would just create a new page for every journal prompt that I thought of. I did not censor myself or try to like think about if the prompt was going to be in the book or not. I probably had like 300 prompts in this file. So then I created a Google Slides. Each slide had a different prompt on it. From there, I started to whittle down which questions I wanted that were either repetitive, just prompts that I didn't love or I thought needed some work or would be better fit for a future project. I would just hide those, remove them to a different location, whatever. From there, before I gave it to my designer, that's when I started bringing it to people who could help me with the grammar and just the editing. I also remember that at this point, I noticed that about 50% of the prompts were in the I, like first person format, and 50% were in the you third person format like asking you questions so that was actually a really big decision if I wanted it to be basically prompts that feel like you're asking yourself or if you're being asked the questions I decided on the latter because I didn't want it to feel like I was putting words in your mouth or making you ask questions that maybe you would just never ask yourself I wanted it to be more of like a call and response type of experience minor change but I think it made a really big difference took a while to make sure that every prompt was switched I actually think that there's one prompt that 
got through that wasn't switched accidentally, either one or two. So see if you can find those. But yeah, that was the process. And for future projects, um, I believe I'm going to just continue doing it that same way. What's the difference between running your personal Instagram versus the no particular order Instagram? There's something about the no particular order Instagram and like honestly the brand as a whole which which also reminds me of this other question, which is how do you cope with perfectionism slash did it impact the process of creating Nopo? In terms of curating this brand, it feels like it's very personal and it feels like it's just an extension of who I am. I don't need to put specific decisions into what the brand is because it's it happens so organically. Before I launched the brand, I didn't have any of the feed planned out because I didn't have really any content because I knew I wanted to share a lot of UGC on the platform, but also like when I was going on my adventures and bringing the journals around, I wanted it to feel like it's real and that's what it is like it's straight from the camera roll the day that I take the pictures or the day that I get the photos from you guys post it as soon as I can when I also think about the brands that I love following it feels like it's a human being behind the keyboard it doesn't feel like it's like AI just like the brand speaking for itself and the product speaking for itself like it feels very human and real and if you were to reach out you knew that you would get like an actual human response okay i'm gonna end on this question because i got it a couple times and i just think it's a good place to end where do you see your brand slash company going forward i want to continue to grow past the audience that i have already grown on the margot lee side and just see where no particular order can go I think also in that same vein, I want to reach a different type of audience. So whether it's an older audience, whether it's maybe more males that come in because it's still pretty like female heavy, just reach people in different parts of their lives that they don't have to know who Margot Lee is. They don't have to give a shit about Margot Lee. They don't have to like Margot Lee, but they can understand the company and really fall in love with the company and become a part of that community and let that be separate. That was a decision that I made when I was making the product to not have my name anywhere on the product itself, anywhere on the websites, not hard to figure out if you are curious or you want to learn more about it, but I want it to grow legs of its own and be able to kind of build its own universe that's separate and bigger. But I think other than that, there are so many products that I want to do it's really just a matter of me sitting down and writing and editing and everything for them. But the through line for the business is that it's interactive, it's for everyone, it's friendly, and it's fun. And just with those values, there are a gajillion places I want to take this in terms of the different products I'm going to make, the partnerships that I have in mind, like dream partnerships that would be so epic to do. Just getting the journal in certain people's hands and getting feedback from people. But yeah, I'm not putting any pressure on the finances of it just yet. Luckily, I'm in a position where it's a profitable business, which is amazing considering how early it is. But just not putting pressure on it and just seeing kind of where it wants to take itself and how you guys see the business going, where you guys want it to go and just making it like this collaborative, fun experience for all of us. I think I'm gonna end there because I actually have to run out the door right now. I'm gonna be late for an appointment, but I love you guys so much. I'm so grateful 
that you took the time to ask questions and listen. I know one day I'm going to look back and listen to this and cringe because I have no idea what I'm talking about right now and I'm still a baby in this world, but I want to share every step of the way with you and I'm just having so much fun doing it. So thank you for letting me. If you like this podcast, make sure to rate it five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you have time. It means the world to me. I will see you guys on Instagram. It's at margo.lee and at no particular order. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode with Santori, all about long distance. I'm so excited. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>